Ken Miller, Trent Condon. They are Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Hi, right, good morning, everybody, and welcome in. It's Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. With you for the next couple of hours, we talk sports with you, localizing it as best as we can, and we should accomplish that today uh, without a very high degree of difficulty. A busy show today, Chris Dobertine blogging the bracket. We'll get a different bracketologist in here. Kind of feel like we're running around a little bit on our guy Shelby Mass, Trent Condon, but uh, nonetheless... Uh, we will uh, hear from uh, Chris Dobertine coming up here in ooh, about 20 minutes or thereabouts. Uh, Tom Caker at HawkeyeReport.com. He slides on in here at 1045. We will catch up with Tom in the 11 o'clock hour down to Kansas City. We will go Chris Williams from Cyclone Fanatic and the KXNO Fanatics. He'll slide in at about oh, 1120-ish. Jason Symbol, CG Technology. Uh, we'll go inside the numbers with Jason. We'll get the uh, latest on the spreads. We'll do some NFL uh, with Jason as well. What uh, what did all the movement so far this week, if anything, what did that do with some of the futures? And then, as always, at 1145, we will give you an opportunity to win some Claxons barbecue. We'll do the Iowa-Michigan, the Iowa State, K-State, Duke-North Carolina tonight. What's going to be our fourth Hmm. Of course, no you and I, no Drake. They're no. done. Yep. Locally, do you go to the other semifinal in the Big Twelve? I think you do. Kansas West, or Kansas West Virginia. How about, about Virginia? the Mountaineers? Yeah. Well, bigger story, bigger, bigger surprise to you. I think probably the answer is going to be West Virginia, but Nebraska deserves to be in the conversation. You could see that, but with the with the all the injuries and the suspensions. And what have they got? Six scholarship players? Six or seven? I think it's either six or seven. Um, but Maryland is a talented team. Yeah. Texas Tech, we were talking national championship good. We were. Were we? We were. <laughs> yeah, I think we were. We were. <laughs> uh, you know, one game, that, yeah, that wasn't good. I mean, they got... Uh, Culver's really good uh, yeah. when Mooney's having a bad night. But you know what? Let's let's save those other ones. Let's get to the two needle movers, and we can start with the way they finished on the uh, or started on the day with Iowa State. Um, just really pulling away and and beating. Um, I don't know if you want to call Baylor their nemesis, but Baylor's had their number, Trent. And boy, it was nice to see some of the Cyclones with smiles on their faces, playing yes. loose, playing, having some fun on the floor for crying out loud, and they certainly had all of that. They played at a level that you can anticipate. You can see this team doing it. I'm not sure I could see them hitting 52% from three night in and night out. Not night in and night out, sure. But boy, they had it going on yesterday. But they can do that. Yep, and we've seen it before. I think it's the ancillary. It's George Condit didn't play. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. in my mind, in order to beat he Baylor... He played two minutes, according to the box Yeah, the, he right. came in with all the reserves right, right at the end. Right, at the end, yep. I thought they were going to have to play a different way than what they played yesterday. They went with what they do. Mm-hmm. And they just did it really well. They wanted to play defense yesterday, Trent. And while they weren't spectacular, and I don't think they ever are going to be, the effort was clearly there. And that's one of the things that jumped off the page to me. These guys were trying on the defense. Both of the schools last night were mm-hmm. trying defensively. They played, for Iowa State, you mentioned the smiles. And it didn't feel forced. 
you'll see that from time to time with teams, and they'll talk about you know coming together, camaraderie, those types of things. And a lot of times, it's a force portion of it. It's all right, we're up and we're clapping for our guys, but waving the towel. Yeah, but you can tell right. it just isn't completely there. I never got that sense yesterday, even early on. No. As Mason's hitting threes. Yeah, and and one after we hit what he made his first three and then he finally missed one. But he wore down as the game went on. Yeah. He was starting to limp around and you could tell it was legit that he was going to be a, a game time decision. Now he's a little bit in advance of that. We kind of got the feeling on Wednesday that he was going to play. Uh, at least that's what we were told. And he got it out. He tried his darndest and for the while he was um you know, he was a ma- it was a big factor. Yeah, yeah. He Mason they checked him a couple of different ways. You mentioned how he wore down. You know, he kind of got banged up there. There was mm-hmm. that after his knee on me, I think it was right. Yep, yep. And Jacobson threw it out ahead for the layup, and you know Halliburton. Yeah, shoot more. I know. I don't know why. Tyrese, you got it. You. you. It's a different. It's a different. The ball leaves his hand differently than most everybody else. Right. The rotation's different. It's almost side to side as opposed to over-under type of thing. I'm trying to describe it. I'm probably not doing a very good job. But it's, the rotation is just different the way he shoots it. But it's but effective, effective yes. right? Yeah, it works. Yeah. It works. And it did. It was working yesterday. So was Horton Tucker. I mean, he couldn't miss. Couldn't miss. But that Halliburton three at the end of the game, I don't know if you saw it live. When the shot clock was running down, the game was over at that point. Right. Um, he, he, was, he was way, way out. But um, and Michael Jacobson played physical brand of basketball yesterday. Um, Nick Weiler-Babb was good, and he certainly didn't stick out. He got some big boards in the game. Wigington was was Wigington. Cam Lard comes in, gets goes right back to the bench with two quick fouls. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that was a good game. It was a heck of an effort out of, uh, Bay- out of uh, Iowa State beating Baylor last night. Now they get K-State. Let's stay in the Big 12 for just a second and finish up with West Virginia and Texas Tech because, Trent, I, I look, at we thought Kanate was going to play. I saw a lot of Twitter prior to the game that he looks like he's going through warm-ups and he looks good and not sure how many minutes he's going to give them, but it looks as though he's going to be ready to play. Well, he didn't play a minute, and mm-hmm. it didn't matter. Um, West Virginia, they're two wins away from I mean, nobody saw this coming, Trent. No, nobody. no. This is a 10 seed. This is the worst team in the conference. They played well a couple times at home. Well, they beat Kansas. They beat Kansas. Now yep. they get a chance to play Kansas again. I mean, if they get through, look at their path, right? I mean, I, <laughs> yeah, I mean yeah, I'm yeah. not even going to go there yet. I, I don't. You're think still not win. doing it. I don't think they'll win tonight, do you? Give, give West Virginia a better chance or Nebraska a better chance. Nebraska gets Wisconsin. Nebraska still. I'm with you. Yeah. I'm with you. But I still both... I give them a chance. Am you I give getting... West Virginia a chance? I do. Do you? They're a twelve point dog. It's going to be in a building that'll be a decided Jayhawk. But you know the oh, Cyclo sure. fans who they're going to be rooting for. <laughs> yeah, I have a pretty good idea. You know who the K State fans are going to be rooting for. Well, it'll be interesting because if Iowa State gets beat, will they will they stick around yeah. to watch the late game? I think the answer is no. I think a lot of them will just check out their opponent if indeed they are victorious in the early game. Uh, let's move over to Iowa. It was anything but an early game last night. Um, Nah, we had know, overtime beforehand. We had overtime beforehand, but you know what? Who cares, right? To get some sleep on the weekend. The late, the later, the better for me. I know, not for me, but for you. And I don't think you're alone. And not good for the newspaper guys. It didn't make right. the paper today. It's online only, but I uh, shouldn't. That shouldn't be a surprise, and that's certainly not a criticism. They go to press before the game was over. Your biggest takeaway, I mean, Tyler Cook was a different player last night for me. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll remember the putback dunk on the, on the inbounds play. Not a put back and an inbounds play. I think you 
tweeted first. You were blown away. Yeah. I wanted to see who would win the uh, the first to Twitter to react to the dunk, and Trent Condon, you get the prize. I got the prize. I was quick to it. You were. And then very quickly. Plan Sick Days must not have been, must not have had his phone in yeah. front of him, because I've never seen anybody that gets to Twitter faster than him, but you won. I got him last night. You did. He, uh, Tyler Cook, that was the kind of game that we talked about yesterday that he needed. Get those positive mm-hmm. vibes. He had a bad week last week. Yeah, he did. Scoreless against Wisconsin. Weeks. Yeah. There's been... And it seemed like this Iowa team as a whole felt like that swagger was back. Remember us talking about the swagger? Mm-hmm. And maybe that's why this team is different. Well, and you know who, and it's funny you mention that because I've been harping on this one kid all year long and they brought him up in the game last night because they, I think it was Andy Katz who brought it up at, either halftime or after the game, it was after, brought up that this is a different team when they have that swagger, when they have that. And they haven't had it since Cordell Pemsel. Yes. Brought it up in the game, and I truly believe that every team needs one. Michael Jacobson's becoming that for Iowa State. There's no doubt in my mind. Iowa State showed a little bit of that last night. Tyler Cook was infectious. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you're, if you're wearing that Hawkeye uniform and you're seeing your guy, A, make the plays, and then let out the shriek or whatever it was afterwards, he was emotional last night. Another side of this, boy, Illinois stinks. It's a bad basketball. Yeah, they played it feels the night like before. They sh- feels like they should be better than this. Well, they're this they're, young. they're young. They're they young. They are young. Georgie, okay, but don't forget the night before he had what twenty six or twenty eight. Yeah. Dasumo, he's been disappointing. He's the one to me. And, he's a five star, and he's a five star, and he's the re- reason Horton Tucker's in Iowa State, right? Yes, yes. They didn't get along. Yeah. Didn't want to play together. Illinois could have had both of them. Who would you rather have? I don't think there's any question in my mind. I'd rather have Horton Tucker. I'm right there He's with you. Certain, uh, based on this year and this mm-hmm. year alone. Um, we're not talking NBA. We're no. not talking any of that. No. no, we're not going back to the College high school. College basketball player. This the first year. And, and I didn't see every one of the Sona Moose games. Yeah. I did of Horton Tucker. Well, when they weren't on TV in November, I didn't see them. But after that. Mm-hmm. Um, and Horton Tucker was terrific yesterday. Fraser makes some big shots. He didn't make enough of them yesterday. Right. I know he scared you in that game yesterday. Yep. Uh, Nicholas Bear was terrific. My guy Ryan Creener was outstanding yes. in the game yesterday. McCaffrey, uh, I thought, was good, too. McCaffrey was good, and I like the fact that, <laughs> boy, he got his nose bloodied a couple of times. He I mean, he wasn't actually bloodied, but yeah. he took a couple of ch- uh, shots of the chops. Um, yeah, it was, a, it was an outstanding day for the state of Iowa yesterday. As both of our squads advanced to a Friday night, how is that going to go? So I was in the quarterfinals for the first time in a while. Mm-hmm. They get Michigan. Mm-hmm. Semifinals, no stranger for Iowa State. It's mm-hmm. what they're used to. Most years, yep. This is what you anticipate you're going to see out of the Cyclones making a run in the Big 12 tournament. And that number's got to be tight, right? It Pickle, is. Is there a pick It opened pick It did. Uh, or one, depending on what shop you're looking at. Yeah. Right as we came on the air, though, two and a half. Iowa State's Iowa favorite? Iowa State, two and a half. It's got to be Will Wade related. Mm-hmm. I mean, that... Because if you look at the Dean metrics, Wade. or Dean Wade, yeah. Will Wade. Yeah, he's not going to play coach tonight either. <laughs> That's a different one. Yeah. That's a different conversation. Without him out there, you figure he's probably worth a point, point and a half. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. probably yeah. makes sense. I think so. Yeah. Uh, he's, a, he's a terrific player, as we know. Um, K-State's got some guys, though. I mean, they do. Mm-hmm. Uh, Stokes has been terrific. Uh, Jar played last night. Cartier Jar was in the game, and he is an athlete, as we know. Um, who shot it well at times this he, year, too. Yeah. Uh, you know who was good off the bench for them last night and hasn't been most of the year? Stockard. I think he's Stockard Jr., Stockard the third, whatever. Um, 
he had a good night last night because they're not deep as we as we talked about all season long, mm-hmm. but they were. Um, it was a, it was a game for a while. I mean, uh, TCU goes to the uh, goes to the locker room up what two or three something like that. Yeah, yeah. But they had the lead going to the locker room, and K State very quickly took over in the second half, and then gave never gave them another chance. So we get K State, Iowa State, Michigan, and Iowa. I know Vegas says that uh, that Iowa State has by far the better chance to advance, mm-hmm. but we've seen Michigan and Iowa play this year once, and um, went well. Friday night, Carver Hawkeye Arena, February first, and really was it February first? Yeah, for the first time since that game, felt like Iowa played a complete game last night. Well put, yeah. I mean, there might have it's been a month and a half. <laughs> it's a month and a half. They've they had a lot of escapes, Trent. They, they had did. a lot of escapes. The Indiana wins, though they weren't the miracle last possession. Mm-hmm. Both those games certainly could have tilted in the other direction. We know about Northwestern Rutgers in the victories that Iowa had mm-hmm. there, and then of course the losses and the three straight fourteen or more first time since the seventies that that happened for Iowa basketball. Right. It's been a rough stretch. It much like we talked about Iowa State, the positive vibes. Uh huh. But really, even the Northwestern or Nebraska game, excuse me, on Sunday, before the final minute, yeah, you could tell that that team seemed connected. Still, mm-hmm. it, it wasn't concerns mm-hmm. about that. Some of the concerns we've heard from past Iowa teams and and the fades late in the season it didn't feel like it was anything like that. They hit a bad stretch. Maybe this is the turning point. Good vibes going out there, and talk to uh, some people that were at the game last night at the United Center. Mm-hmm. Hawkeye fans were right there with uh, Illinois fans in terms of. People in the building, which I was surprised by. Figured Illinois would have more people in there, but they were loud and they were into it. And they yeah. said they've been to a lot of Big Ten tournaments. That was one of the more, more entertaining Iowa crowds there. There was a reason for it, Ken. Well, yeah, absolutely. Look at they're serving beer in the United Center you now. Can't beat it. You can't beat it. That's good because when we were there for the Sweet 16, I don't think for Virginia Iowa State, I don't think the I think I think I went. I checked. And they didn't. Nothing. Because I went to a concession. Not that I wanted one. I didn't. Um, but I wanted to see if they... Sure. I could be wrong. I don't I don't think they did. Anyways, regardless of that. Um, so Michigan's rested. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the top four seeds are on the floor today for the very first time. Uh, Nebraska, Wisconsin. I think that's going to be a, that, that's a, that's a coin flip game to me. I, it really is. Palmer, you know how many men's Palmer's played of the 80 that Nebraska's been on the floor for in this tournament so far? Every single one of those 80 minutes Palmer's played. They need them. They do. They, they don't have, they have a lot they don't of much choice. No, not at all. Watson's been great. My guy, True Blood, the walk on, yes. the story he started. Well, the first chapter was last Sunday in Lincoln as they took on the Hawkeyes, but the last two, the next two have been pretty good for him. Uh, as well. Nice story. I like this Tim Miles. I, you know, he's still going to lose his gig. Mm-hmm. Unless they cut down the nets. Which they cut five and five. I mean, that's different level stuff. That's different than Iowa being the first team ever to win four and four mm-hmm. and from a major conference yeah. in 2001, 18 years right, ago. Right, because this tournament, the championship. 18 years ago? No, it's not, Trent. No, it's not. <laughs> 2001. No, it's not 18 years. That's crazy. Oh, I wasn't even 21 yet. I couldn't even legally have a celebration beer after that. Yeah. Jesus, that's a long... That's moved so fast. We talked about yeah. the other day, Y2K. Hey, you know what snuck up on me and it's too bad? Because I love this event. I had no idea it was even on. What's that? Players' championships this weekend in golf. What a stupid... I mean, this is a wonderful tournament, right? And yeah. I get that we needed it in May... Because if you're a golf fan, you've got that long gap between the Masters and the U.S. Open. 
Well, now the PGA has been moved, as we know, and that tournament was played in May, and it was a perfect spot for it on the calendar because there was nothing going on. It was game twenty nine in MLB, and you could, you could, you could, you didn't have to watch that one, and that was a great spot. But Trent, what are they thinking? Who's going to watch this event this weekend? So, what would be the suggestion where to put it? I don't know if you there's can't a put right it next answer. Weekend. No, of course not. You're not putting it Sweet Sixteen Elite Eight. You're not putting it Final Four weekend. Art. What about last weekend? Okay. I mean, you've got some of the, you've got some, I mean, the, the Valley. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, the it's, final weekend of the Big Ten or the yeah. conference play. Regular season's finishing up, but uh, obviously that's answer. not as big. I don't know the answer where you could put it. I love this tournament. Yes. Trent, I don't know if I'll see a shot. Probably not. I don't, I know it may be on Sunday, depending yeah. on who's playing in the Big Ten, and then still probably watch that. But, you know, I, I know that you can't force another week into a calendar i don't know where you would put it if it's wisconsin purdue i'll watch it because i like hap but you got a compelling tiger well if tiger's in the hunt then all bets are off that's yeah. a good point and he's one under i think he's one over today i just checked the leaderboard before we went on the air because honestly um there, i didn't know i saw yeah I, I saw some prop bet as i was looking online at numbers and i oh saw grass this week yeah same as you. Just completely. I mean, this is normally a week that we'd have Matt Rudy on. We'd, right. We'd be talking about the golf. Mm-hmm. How can you? But with the calendar, I do like the new calendar, though, for the PGA. Oh, the, for the majors? Of yes. course. Yes. It's spectacular. Yep. It's terrific because you need an, a big event in the month of May, and we're going to get that. But we didn't need the Players' Championship this weekend. We digress. Uh, from uh, Duke, North Carolina tonight, mm-hmm. I, you, we have to mention Zion. Here's the craziest stat for him. He was 13-13 last night. Yep. Do you know what he was from the free throw line? No. Two of nine. Oh, no. So I'm guessing a lot of those 13 were dunks. I think five of them. I, I Were think there I, five yep, of them? I think I saw that. But how do you go 13 of 13 and then two and nine from the free throw line? I thought I, 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 honest to God, took my glasses off and wiped them down and put them back on. I thought I was seeing things. I didn't see a ton of it. I saw more of it on Twitter with the GIFs or GIFs or whatever the hell they're called. GIFs. GIFs. Um, the, guy, the guy that created them calls them GIFs. Everybody else calls them GIFs. So the guy who invented him calls it one thing, yes. and he's been overruled by the country. By That's me. what you're talking about. By, by you. Yes, yes. I, I am the self-appointed the czar okay. of the correct pronunciation for gifts. Gifts. Well, I saw. I just saw it via watching gifts. Like our friend Giffy. Like our friend Giffy. Okay, yes. so that's what it was. That's how you go. Uh, North Carolina tonight, uh, Duke. North Carolina swept him during the regular season. The tip-off is at 8. Iowa plays what, 8.30? It'll probably, yeah, 8.35, I think, is what they have for yep. Estimated tip time. Okay. And I'm excited for that game before Iowa tonight, too. I know Iowa State will be going on at the same time, and I know I'll be more invested in that, but mm-hmm. going to have to get the two TV set up, I think, with that, with Minnesota and their matchup against Purdue. I think the Gophers. Do you? I, Boy, coffee's good. Murphy's I just, good. I, I don't believe in this Purdue team at all. Kind of like in the Big 12, I've never been a believer in K State. Yeah. I'm the same way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Carson we were Edwards. both believers in Penn State yesterday. How'd that work out for us? <laughs> <laughs> oh man, they they should have. There was a couple of times they should have closed that one out, but of course it didn't happen. I like the Gophers. I like the Gophers in this spot. And uh, how would that be? Iowa getting to the semifinal if they can beat Michigan tonight for the first time since 2006. Iowa, Iowa Minnesota. I think you're asking for a lot. Oh, Clearly it, it you is. are. Yeah. I mean, you put that together in a two-team uh-huh. parlay on the money line. Hey, maybe I'll play around with that one. So, so if you, if you, if you get your way, 
and I'm all for this, by the way. So who would you have in the early game? Would you have Ohio State or Michigan State? Michigan State's going to win. Yeah, yeah. So then we both had, we both want Nebraska. Yes. Minnesota beats Purdue. Hawks knock off the Wolverines. So we've got a Minnesota-Iowa and a Nebraska-Michigan State. Nebraska knocks off Sparty. Hawks pick off the Gophs. Nebraska-Iowa for all the marble Sunday afternoon. Oh, my. Could you imagine that? Iowa trying no, to I'm do... not even going to go there. We no, th- this, is, this is the stretch upon stretch. All right, I'm pulling it up right now. All right, so you get Minnesota on the money line. i got to see what this thing pays off. It's got to be ridiculous. Plus 375 for the Gophers. Plus 300 for the Hawks. You're usually good at these numbers. No, I'm not. I'm, you're on your own. 18 to 1. Jeez. Whew. Why not? Why not, right? Got a hunch, bet a bunch. And here's the key to this. You, <laughs> well, I don't do that. You know that. That's true. You don't. But you never bet a lot and make a little is yes. the most important lesson you should ever learn if you're gambling. All right, we're going to tell you about the iHeart Awards, but I'm going to do that. They were held last night. I'll do that on the other side of the break. What have we got? Chris Dobertine coming up, SB Nation. He's blogging the bracket. We will... Uh, do that on the other side. We'll get Tom Cakert in here, HawkeyeReport.com. Tom will slide in. Uh, 11.15-ish, we'll go down to Kansas City. By the way, all of our Big Ten and Big 12 coverage is brought to you by our friends at Logier Heating and Cooling. We appreciate the support of Logier Heating and Cooling as we uh, muddle our way through the Big Ten and the Big 12. We will do that. Chris Williams at 11.20. Inside the numbers, Jason Symbol from CG Technology. Claxon's Barbecue Giveaway as well. That's about 1145 Ish, Miller and Condon. We're on Des Moines Sports Station, fourteen sixty. Twenty-four hour sports anywhere in the world on iHeartRadio. This is fourteen sixty KXNO. Hi, welcome back, Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, fourteen sixty KXNO. Chris Dobertine blogging the bracket. Part of SB Nation momentarily. But last night at our iHeart Music Awards, we introduced a brand new award, but this one didn't go to a song. It went to a smart speaker, and the winner was Alexa. The iHeart Tech Game Changer Award was presented by Garth Brooks and Bobby Bones to honor a technology that brings us closer to the music and shows that we love. It's a really cool moment. You can check it out online. It's posted iHeartRadio.com backslash awards. Let's get Chris Dobertine in here as we go inside the bracket. Chris Trent Condon, Ken Miller, thanks for coming on. You're on 1460 KX&O. Hi, Chris. Hey, guys. Good to talk to you, Chris. Well, it was a, another spectacular night in college basketball uh, and day, quite honestly, as we've seen some upsets. I guess the biggest two so far, at least from where we sit, obviously, the advancement of Nebraska. And how about Huggins and what he's doing with this West Virginia team? Two teams that weren't expected to get past their first round, quite frankly, and yet here they are. Pretty good night, Chris Dobertine. Yeah, absolutely. I think that you got to keep an eye on West Virginia in particular. This was a team where, you know, there were rumors going around on Twitter earlier in the day about them going into the CBI potentially to get a little more time together. They might not need to worry about it. They got two more games here, you know, in the Big 12 tournament potentially to secure the automatic bid. I'm not sure what the committee would do with a West Virginia team with a losing record going in, you know, as the automatic bid winner. We have a little bit of, of history with Georgia a few years ago going in, making a similar run in kind of weird circumstances with the tornado, you know, affecting the Georgetown portion that SEC tournament being moved. 
that's kind of the closest thing we have. And they ended up as a 14, so maybe that would be West Virginia mm-hmm. where they would end up if that happened. And Nebraska, you know, you know, once Isaac Copeland went out, they were kind of left for dead, you know, didn't really play all that well. And they're kind of in position now where they need to win three games because of how the Big Ten tournament is structured. But, but there's still another team that could potentially pop from these bubble as well. Chris, uh, as you go through historically, Iowa back in 2001 was the first major conference team to win four games in four days. Now you have these ladder-type uh, tournaments out there where a lot of teams got to win four games, and some have to win five, like you mentioned, Nebraska would have to go through. Has a team ever even got to that fifth day, to your memory? Not that I can think of. I think we had Penn State last year was kind of in that position, and they got knocked out in the semifinal. Mm-hmm. So not that I can think of off the top of my head, though I'm probably wrong. <laughs> where did uh, Where did Syracuse come from? Uh, how, how many I think games? that was that was four and four days. That with was Mac, four and four with, with okay. McNamara and yeah. company. Yeah, yeah, that was four yeah. and four. Uh, Chris, we went. Trent and I talked about this game yesterday as we were talking about you know some of the games that were coming up in Ohio State and Indiana. We both felt that the loser was probably going to be on the outside looking in. The winner, if not completely in, was certainly going to be knocking on the door. Did Ohio State's win put them in? And conversely, does that uh, what does that do to Indiana? Yeah, I think Ohio State did what they needed to do to kind of get there. They're right above that first four group of Dayton right now. You know, they could really lock things up by beating Michigan State today because that would be another quad one win. would be their best quad one win by far. They're still their best win is the one they picked up at Cincinnati right at the beginning of the season. So they need a kind of a win like that just to be absolutely sure. Indiana is going to be a tricky case, and I still think there's a shot they get in. I don't have them in. But with the committee valuing those marquee wins and they have five top 30 victories, you know, historically that would bode well for the Hoosiers. But their quad two record, which is something like two and six, illustrates that they're not really all that consistent and they haven't really been able to put away the the teams they needed to defeat. And I think that's probably going to end up keeping them out. Chris, uh, your latest bracket will be coming out here later this morning over at SBNation.com. Your last four in at this point, Ohio State, Temple, Texas and Belmont want to get into those Longhorns, uh, a mm. record that is unsightly at the very least. They challenged themselves in the non-conference. Also had a couple of interesting, we'll just say, uh, losses at home during that non-conference portion of play. What is it going to say if Texas, with the record that they have, does get in the NCAA tournament about the committee and what they're looking for? Well, here's going to be a change with the bracket coming out. I'll have Texas out because okay. Texas right now is at 16 and 16. And honestly, as I write, what they needed to do to get in there with 16 losses, they needed to get to the final. They needed to be 18 and 16. They need to be a couple of games over 500 to get there. I don't think the committee has never taken a 16-loss team, and they've never taken a 500 team as an at-large. So they're right. really trying to buck history in two ways there. And again, if the committee, again, values those quality wins, Texas still has a shot. But I just think they have way too many losses to kind of to compensate for that. Hmm. Chris, let's stay in the Big Twelve. And did, did Texas Tech losing in their losing their first game? Did that cost them any seeding wise? And and I think that you know probably most people had Texas Tech as the highest ranked uh, team in the tournament at this point. Will the winner leapfrog that leapfrog them potentially if it's Kansas or K State? I think Iowa State clearly has too much ground to make up. But Texas Tech losing, what did that do to their seed line? And if it's Kansas or Kansas State that wins, potentially could they leapfrog them as far as being the best, the top seeded team in the Big Twelve? I had Texas Tech lower than a lot of people did going base 
on what the committee had done in their sneak preview, where Texas Tech was in the top 16 in the net at that point, but they weren't on the top four seed lines because at that point they hadn't gotten enough quality wins because their non-conference schedule was kind of soft. You know, the games with Nebraska and USC didn't really pan out, and they hadn't really picked up a lot of quality wins in the Big 12 yet. I still have them kind of low just because of those reasons, still on line four. I think they're going to stick on line four. Kansas is still up on line three because of all those quality wins they had in non-conference, which is really kind of, you know, you know, what the committee valuing those has really kind of pushed them ahead of Kansas State. But I think Kansas State, if they end up winning the Big 12, is probably going to end up, you know, sneaking out of that three line. But their computer numbers, their net is not quite as good as either Texas Tech or Kansas at this point. Chris Dobertine joining us, bloggingthebracket.com, where you can find everything, a complete rundown of every game, where you can watch it, all the brackets. Chris does a great job with that. He joins us here on Miller and Condon. All right, let's go local. Iowa State and Iowa. The upside for both of these teams, for Iowa State, a semifinal game tonight against Kansas State, and then maybe a matchup with Kansas in the championship. How high could they climb if they win that Big 12 championship, another tournament championship for them? And Iowa trying to get to the semifinals for the first time since 2006 of the Big Ten tournament. If they make a run, how much higher can they go in terms of seeding? Yeah, the other two teams in the Hawkeyes and the Cyclones have really done themselves no favors over the last month. Mm-hmm. Iowa State was kind of in that position where they were going to be a four or a five. They kind of slipped into that six or seven range. And, you know, if they win two more games, I think they could find themselves back on that five line with mm, the Big 12 wow. tournament title. There is definite precedent for that. It's going to be a little bit more difficult for Iowa because, again, you know, their computer numbers aren't as great as the Cyclones are. They've also played really poorly. They've lost you know, five or six and four in a row going into the Big Ten tournament and beating Illinois. No, that's a little bit of a confidence booster, but it's not going to really, you know, have much resonance with the committee. So they've really got to beat Michigan for a second time today to really have a shot to count it. They're in that 8-9 bracket right now, and this seems to be a theme with Fran McCaffrey's teams. They start out really well and just kind of fall apart in February and March, and that's kind of where they are. They were kind of in that four to five range before. Now they're going to be struggling to get you know into that seven or eight range instead. Uh, St. John's does some nice things this year. Last night being uh, clearly not one of them. What did that do for the Red Storm? Are they out now after that? Or they they have a good enough body of work? Their resume will keep them in. Yeah, I think they're going to stay in just because they have, you know, five quad one victories. They beat Marquette twice. They beat VCU on a neutral floor, a semi-neutral floor in Brooklyn. And they beat Villanova, too. So they've got some decent wins. But I think they're, they might get dinged a little bit because their non-conference schedule strength isn't great. They haven't finished well. I think that's a team that could end up in Dayton, surprisingly. Hmm. Going the, making okay. their way to Dayton? Yeah, I, I, I certainly could see that. You know, Chris... Speaking of making your way to Dayton, getting those uh, first two games that are played on Tuesday and Wednesday of the whole bracket, there's still talk of expansion. This year with the bubble, luckily at least, I think that talk has subsided at least for a year because the bubble is so bad. When's the next evolution of the bracket? We're not going to be at 68 forever. I think everybody understands that. What would you like to see happen next with the bracket? 64. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> go back. Yeah, yeah, go back. We don't need sixty-eight this year. That's for sure. I think we might end up going to seventy-two with some kind of allowance allowed for mid-major conference champions that have, you know, extenuating circumstances or played a particularly strong, you know, conference slate. Like if Wofford had lost mm-hmm. the tournament, I think they could have ended up in there. I think you could see a team like like Belmont or Lipscomb kind of in one of those games. 
But the hard thing is going to be how do you define what a mid-major is officially and, and how do you, you know, kind of separate that out from the power conferences and then, you know, what are the ramifications of that? Because you really could be opening Pandora's box if you decide to, you know, officially, you know, separate out those two classifications. Uh, does the Big Ten tournament winner, if it is Michigan or Michigan State, I don't know if Purdue, I'll put Purdue in the conversation as well. What has to happen, or is it impossible for the Big Ten tournament winner uh, to move to the one line? I think it would probably have to be a Michigan State-Michigan final again, but it's going to be really difficult just because of all the other things going on, especially with Duke and North Carolina in that third game, and Duke kind of having an opportunity there with Zion Williamson back. And, of course, the late stage of that game, with that game tip, you know, ending right before the selection mm-hmm. show, you know, oh, they've got to get their, you know, their, their, their contingency brackets together. And that's a little hard thing to do, and I think that I think it makes it a little bit difficult at this stage with all the other things going on, the SEC and the ACC in particular, for the Big Ten to kind of crash that top line. You got any potential bid stealers that you're liking the way that they're playing down the stretch and maybe bumping somebody on the bubble out? Anybody you're looking at here going into the weekend? Uh, one game I really have my eye on for tonight is Nevada's playing San Diego State again yeah. in the Mountain West semifinals, mm-hmm. and last year they got knocked out. And, of course, with Utah State also you know, looking like an at-large out of that conference, that's one there. Oregon Oregon in the Pac-12 is another one. They play Arizona State, a team they split with. And, you know, we were joking about the Pac-12 maybe getting one team. They could potentially get three at this point, you know, if Oregon ends up winning the whole thing in Las Vegas. Great stuff, Chris Dobertine. Thank you. I know it's a busy time for you. Appreciate you finding time for us here in Des Moines, blogging the bracket part of SB Nation. Thank you, Chris Dobertine. Great to talk to you again. Thanks again for having me on. I appreciate it. Chris Dobertine, as we talk brackets here on Miller & Condon, 1460 KXNO. Well, we're going to talk Hawkeyes next, Trent Con, Are you good yeah. with that? We, we can handle a little Hawk talk. Yeah, I'm ready for it. Tom Cakert will slide in. Now, I guess we should probably pause for a second to call you to the carpet. Okay. All right. Yes, I'm ready. Uh, you loved Illinois yesterday. Oh, heavy-handed. Now, Double what was, was that your, because you are a Hawkeye fan. Yes. And yes. you're very good at hiding it. Um, was that your just contrarian take? No, I just, I really... Because you're better than this. Because you had to look at the two rosters and think the Hawks were going to win. I didn't. You I, really I didn't? I just didn't. The, the Big Ten tournament had been such a bummer. Uh-huh. And they broke the losing streak last year against Illinois. And they hadn't been playing their best basketball going into it. I'm speaking of the Hawks. I get that part. And, and that's really what it was. When you match up the two rosters... All right, yeah, I was better. I just didn't think they were significantly better. And I thought there were potential matchups in the game that mm-hmm. Illinois would be able to exploit. They didn't. They were terrible. Mm-hmm. My buddy Cody Allison, your line, I stink. I know he's listening right now. <laughs> Is he? Oh, they're awful. They were, yeah, they were bad last night. They were really bad. They're young. They'll be, they'll be good. I don't know. I think they'll be good. Well, this is year two of Underwood. I mean, it's... Mm-hmm. Do you like him? I do. I liked what he's done in the past and his other stuff, Stephen mm-hmm. F. Austin, Oklahoma State for a year. I By year two and with the talent that he brought in, I was expecting more this season. They had that flurry, but probably three weeks they played really well. Outside of that, it's been bad. 
they're further behind than I thought they'd be at this point. Well, the Hawks took it to them specifically in the second half last night. That was um, yes. that was the thing of beauty for Iowa basketball. I haven't seen that. Oh, it was great to see both of the in-state schools. Mm-hmm. You know, feel pretty good about themselves for the first time in a while, right? I mean, Iowa State was terrific. They had smiles on their faces. They look cohesive, at least did yesterday. Likewise with Iowa. It was great to see. If Iowa wins tonight, we know there's... Thousands upon thousands of Cyclone fans down, down in Kansas. Oh, and more headed that way as we speak. Yes. If, though, Iowa wins tonight, uh-huh. especially Eastern Iowa people, how mm. many more people hop in the car for the first semifinal game for the Hawkeyes since 2006? Mm. I mean, an extra couple thousand? Sure. Plus all the people when in is, Chicago. When is that game to, on Saturday? It's the late one. I but it's afternoon, right? It's not night. Thirty. I want to say. I think it's oh, 1 and 3.30 are the two games, I'm, I believe. Uh, you got the bracket there. I do. Uh, you are right if you were in the Eastern Time Zone. Okay. Noon and 2.30. 2.30. CBS has the coverage. BTN all day today. They do a good job, the Big Ten Network. They, they do. really do. Yeah. I got to tip my cap to them. I did, did I know that Jess Settles and George Kittle were cousins? You should have. I thought I should have too, but I don't but know if you, I did. But it didn't click with you? No, and I saw the interview last night. We were talking about, am I your favorite cousin? I thought, did I? I oh, I knew that. Anyways, I know Tom Cakert's coming up next. That much we do know. Miller and Condon are on Des Moines Sports Station, 146. See you there. Keep up with KXNO on Twitter and Facebook. Go to KXNO.com to learn more. From 1460 KXNO. Hi, Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Welcome back. Half an hour from now, we'll go to Kansas City. Chris Williams, Cyclone Fanatic, KXNO Fanatics today at 4. Jason Symbol, CG Technology, will go inside some of the numbers on today's games. We'll also update the futures for the NFL. uh, And I'm anticipating that this will be the case, that... um, one after another, customer coming to the counter betting on those Cleveland Browns. I just got Tom Cakert in here, HawkeyeReport.com. Hello, Tom Cakert. How are you? Still in Chicago, so I guess that's a positive. <laughs> I, it's a wonderful thing, Tom. It really is. And hopefully you're going to be spending a couple more days there. Michigan today, but let's go back to yesterday before we do that. Uh, it was great to see this team come together the way they did. Was Tyler Cook kind of the ringleader as far as last night, getting his team going with those? You know, Normally, Tom, we'd be talking about that uh, dribble drive uh, left-handed dunk because that was a highlight, but not the highlight from last night. No. Cook got him going, didn't he? he? Well, when he – and you could see his energy pick up after that inbound lob dunk that he had uh, the pass from uh, Bohannon. Uh, you could just see the energy of everybody kind of pick up, and that got him, I think, to the finish line. Uh, but also, I, I think we'd be remiss if we didn't mention Nicholas Bear. He was great. Uh, yep. Just because of what, you know, the performance he had, 17 points. And, you know, he missed his first three, and then right. after that, didn't he miss. was Mr. Perfection. <laughs> yeah. So, um, you know, he just he gave them a lot of energy, and then, uh, you know, Unsung, not in the, uh, you know, kind of not in the scoring column, but Connor McCaffrey, yep, eight yep. assists, one turnover, hit a three, mm-hmm. uh, and really stepped into it, knocked it down. Um, but I, I thought he played a really good floor game as well. And, and, you know, with Cook, he also had six assists. 
and that was huge. He was finding everybody on the floor too, so that was a, a real positive. Well, and another guy, kind of another one of those unsung type of players, was Creener. Mm-hmm. Ken's guy. Yeah, he's been a big fan for a long time of Ryan Creener. He played well, and you go back to the first time they played Michigan. The inside game was a reason for it. Right away, they got Teske in foul trouble. They pounded the ball inside, got them uh, in foul trouble, went to the free throw line. Not an overly deep Michigan team. You hate to go into a game with the same kind of scheme that you had and game plan from the game before, but it's pretty simple, right? Go back to that well again. Yeah, Kreiner had 15 points in that in that first game uh, against Michigan, and he was a big factor. Rolled his ankle a little bit late, but mm-hmm. uh, he didn't even have any ice on it in the locker room. Oh, that's and, good. Uh, so he was. He said he's gonna. He goes, oh, I'm, I'm gonna be fine. It's just a, you know very minor. And when he walked off the court, he wasn't even limping. So I, I think he's really you know they dodged a little bit of a bullet there. Garza had a really good game in that first meeting too. As you mentioned, they got Teske in foul trouble. Mm-hmm. They also um, you know Brez Dinkus in the first meeting. Got off to a really good start. I think he might have scored their first nine points, maybe in that uh, in the first meeting, maybe eight. Uh, but then, uh, you know, he ended up with 16 for the game. They quieted him down. He got into a little foul trouble. Got frustrated. Um, you know, there was an offensive foul call in that second half of that uh, first meeting where Wieskamp came down and drew a charge on the baseline against him. Um, so yeah, they've got a you know if if you could pick the teams that are left. Uh, of the higher seeded teams that Iowa matches up best with, it's Michigan by a long shot. Yeah, I'm with you, and I like Brezdikas, but you're right, Tom. If they can, you know, limit him a little bit, and I'm with you guys. I think you got to try and play it exactly the yeah. same way. They got Teske in foul trouble, as Trent mentioned. Pool's dangerous. They're not deep. I think it's what would you say, Livers? Who else comes off the bench from Michigan that makes you? Really, nobody, right? It's they got a really good starting five, but Livers and and who else? Yeah, and here's the other thing with their team right now. Charles Matthews has not played the last three games with an ankle injury. And, um, you know, I didn't even realize that until yesterday when I was looking through some stuff, just kind of planning ahead in the event that maybe something Mm -hmm. happened and Iowa won and might face Michigan. Uh, And it doesn't sound like he's close to 100% that where he might, if he plays, he's not going to play a lot. He might not be all that effective. And I'm not sure if Michigan's even going to play them just because, you know, bigger picture. Um, and that's a big loss for them because he's just, you know, he's one of those guys that can break things down off the dribble. Um, and then it just puts more onus on Braz Dinkus and Poole and Livers. Because yeah. Livers goes into the starting lineup if, if, if yeah. Matthews can't go. What is it, the Brooks yeah. kid about all they have off uh, the bench maybe. now? Yeah, he's the other one. That's a good yeah. point, Trent. Yeah. Yeah, Eli Brooks is yep. you know, he's, he's a young player that mm-hmm. can help him a little bit. Um, you know, they've been playing that Castleton kid, bigger kid, uh, a little bit more lately. We'll see if they continue to play him, but he's uh, a tall, skinny kid. So uh, they've got a chance uh, tonight. And the other thing for Iowa is shot the ball really well in the United Center. And some teams come in and, mm-hmm. you know, those rims are a little tight and you just, you know, you don't shoot it as well. They've shot it well, and they've got confidence probably playing Michigan in a tournament setting. Last year, they almost beat them, 
uh, and that's the Michigan team that went to the championship game last year, and they took them to overtime. So. Ex- excellent point. And I'm glad you brought up Connor McCaffrey because I, you're right about the assist. It was, it was he did a lot of other things in the game too. He was, you know, he's getting involved is what he is, and I like guys that get involved and you know kind of play on the edge a little bit. And he there was a couple of skirmishes, and uh, one of the Illinois guys got uh, what a technical uh, after that. Uh, that was in the first half. Uh, took a couple of shots to the face. He was involved in that game yesterday Tom Cakert it was it was chippy yeah and in the second half it was even chippy and and uh you know talking to the Iowa players after the game they said that there was a, a lot of trash talk on the court and at Bohannon at one point the guy was chirping at him and, and all Bohannon did was what it was point to the scoreboard hmm. <laughs> kind of the ultimate thing that you can do uh in those situations is just point to uh you know a 20 point lead and you can kind of that that says all that needs to be said. You know, we've been waiting for Iowa basketball and Afraya McCaffrey for that big moment, and, and maybe it's on the horizon here, a Sweet 16. Even a run, not even cutting down the nets in a Big Ten tournament championship, but just getting to the weekend. Talked about 2006, the last time they even got to Saturday of this event. Is, is the opportunity there, can you see that kind of run still happening with this team, or there's still too many limitations in your mind? I, they can if they play um, smart basketball um, and defend. Uh, you know, even though Illinois shot pretty well last night, um, you know they shot uh, over fifty percent for the, the game. But um, I thought they defended really well. I thought they were more active uh, in, in uh, on the defensive end. Mm-hmm. And if they sh- when they shoot it well, they can play with anybody. That's just how it is. If they if they make twelve threes, they're going to play with anybody in the country. And um, you know, we haven't even talked about Wee's camp last night. Yeah. It was terrific as well. Dunking over people. And I, <laughs> and, I and Isaiah Moss was uh, um, was really good, really active on the defensive end. I thought um, if they get fully engaged, they can they can run with just about anybody. But it's uh, you know it's, it's staying engaged and. Uh, Last night was just wild in that first half with all the different runs. Illinois, Iowa goes on a seven zero, mm-hmm. and Illinois goes on an eleven zero, and then Iowa matches that with another eleven zero. And it's just you know, last night was a weird game. I think tonight will be more of a grinder. Yeah, uh, with with both teams kind of just. Uh, every possession is going to be really important. Yep, no doubt. Kept the turnovers last night to single digits. They So they uh, valued the basketball last night. A lot of positives. How about the crowd, Tom? How big of a positive were they? And, and how much could that swell as far as Hawkeye fans making their way down there, potentially for the weekend, but certainly a Friday in Chicago is worst places to be. Uh, the crowd yesterday, and then what do you expect today? Yeah, um, you know, one thing on the turnovers, Iowa only had one turnover in the second half. Outstanding. So. <laughs> That's just, you're going to win a lot of basketball yeah. games when you keep those turnovers. And a bunch of assists. I don't have the number in front of me, but they had a bunch of assists on made baskets. They had uh, 31 field goals, 25 assists. That's crazy. You're going to win a lot. But the crowd was great. They, uh, you know, had more, Iowa had more people there than Illinois wow. last night. Mm-hmm. And I suspect they're going to have a really good uh, turnout. Now, we, it was hard to tell if there were going to, a lot of Michigan fans last night and around there, but um, I, I just don't know that they're going to, bring a whole lot of people so it, there's going to be a lot of hawkeye fans here i know a lot of people are coming coming in for the game a lot of people who were here last night so they should have a, a pretty uh pretty good crowd 
Tom Caker at HawkeyeReport.com. Tom, where are you in the auxiliary press box? Did they find a seat for you? No, I was uh, I was sitting right behind Fran. Nice. Oh, uh, oh. Hoping I get behind there again tonight. So We'll be looking uh, for you, Tom. Yeah, scare people on your TV. <laughs> Tom, we will uh, talk to you next Friday. Thank you, Tom Caker. Appreciate you coming on. Okay, thanks, guys. Thank you. Tom Caker at HawkeyeReport.com as we wrap up our number one. Chris Williams, our number two. Jason Sybil and Claxons, Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO.